welcome to Letters from the Pen. I am your host, R&B singer Nakia. I'm your co-host, D. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight for this classic episode of Letters from the Pen. We have a great guest tonight, Grandmaster D, one of the three parts of Houdini. So, of course, before we get into the interview with Grandmaster D, we're going to shout out some sponsors and read our letter, and then we're going to get right to it. So, sponsors that make Letters from the Pen possible. More Dior designs for all your pressing needs. Photography got next for all of your photography needs. JRC cleanup, no job is too big or too small. LHS Home Care, taking care of your loved ones in the New York and Tri-State area. Kryptonitation, which is 420 clothing line. You can get those links on our website, www.lettersfromthepen.com. Of course, we need to shout out Humag TV and iFame TV, which you can catch Letters from the Pen on every Sunday evening. So now that we've gotten that out of the way and paid some bills, let's get into this juicy letter, which is going to be so fitting for some of the songs that we're playing tonight. So anyway. Dear Letters from the Pen, I am a 21-year-old college student. I confided in my friend because I was having problems with my boyfriend. Now, all of a sudden, my friend has become the shoulder for my boyfriend to lean on. I find this very weird, and they seem to be getting closer than me and my boyfriend are. I think they have something going on. I don't know for sure. Should I confront my friend and ask her and ask my boyfriend, or should I just leave it alone until I figure out what's really going on? Signed, I'm super confused. Ask so, girl. First of all, let me say this. You guys are young. Um, 21 is like, okay, you're in college. Who knows if you're even going to be together um, after that? But there is girl code, and I think your friend is breaking girl code. You do need to say something. I I feel like you need to say something to your friend. You need to say something to your boyfriend because I'm sorry. Um, my boyfriend is not going to be confiding in my girlfriend and um, my homegirl and um, all that good stuff because um, that's Where how. Where's his friends? Where's right. his that's... friends? He got friends. Talk to your own friends. Leave mine alone. I don't know, but that's how, but that's how issues get started. And that's how, I mean, look, every relationship that has started, um, or let's, I should say every entanglement and situationship has started with conversation. Okay. When somebody cheats, when a relationship starts, it starts by talking. It doesn't start with, oh, let's jump in the bed. It starts with talking. So the more that He's confiding in your friend, Question. which is kind of crazy too, because I'm sure she knows if this is like your good friend, I'm sure she knows like things about you that he probably doesn't know. So she's probably selling you up the river girl and um, telling him all your business and all types of stuff, trying to make room for herself to get on up in there. And if that's how it's going to go down, girl, cut them both loose. Question. What's the question? What do you have to talk to my friend for what are you absolutely talking to her about that you cannot come to me as your lady and speak about well I agree with you but um I think they're doing more than talking exactly exactly that don't make sense that don't make no type of sense. You know what? That's why this next song will be perfect. 
this song that we're getting ready to play called Friends. Right. How many of us have them? Right. Right. Anyway, this song, um, Friends, uh, was recorded by Houdini, came out in about 1984, hit the top of the charts. We're going to get into this song right now, and then when we come back, we're coming back with Grandmaster D of Houdini, and we're going to get all of his business, we're going to ask him questions, and we're going to find out where he's at now, what he's doing now. Not literally where he's at, like, we're not giving you his address, but, you know, what he's doing in the music world and any other world. So, you heard it here on Letters to the Pen, Friends by Houdini. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Let alone your keys With friends like that You don't need enemies You wondered how long 
it was all going on And you're still not sure if you're glad he's gone You said, well, if she took him, she was never mine But deep down inside, it's just another lie And now you're trying to call towards people you meet Cause it's something that was done to you by some creep But nevertheless, I'll say it again That these are the people that we call friends Friends How many of us have them? to Letters from the Pen. I am your host, R&B singer Nakia. And I'm your co-host, Dee. And we are here with a very, very special guest, Grandmaster D, one of the three parts of the legendary hip-hop group Houdini. Yes. You see that? So we're so glad that you joined us. Uh, it's all good. Such a pleasure to have such an iconic hip-hop person mogul with us um so houdini um just let everybody know um who they are because we have a lot of younger um kids that pop on and watch too and some of them it might be out of their time so they might not know who houdini is wait before we start can i just say one thing because i've been saying this all night don't do it please i'm gonna ask grandmaster not you can i please i'm gonna be quiet have one thing can i just do it please please i've been doing it all night what friends <laughs> how many of us have them friends. i'm sorry i had to do it i had to do it i had to do it you've been singing that song all day no okay <laughs> i just rushed out the robot i was like oh <laughs> mm. okay stop harassing the guests okay, okay. so let everybody know who Houdini is and who Grandmaster D is. Grandmaster is the third member of the group Houdini. It's Jalo's Ecstasy. May he rest in peace. Ecstasy and Grandmaster D. Born and raised in the streets of Brooklyn. Three of us and we all been looking. So now, how did, first of all, how did the name Houdini become the name of the group? And how did you guys get together? Well, getting together, um, 1981, um, 80, 80, 81, met at the radio station WHBI through Mr. Magic. Uh, he was on the radio back in the day playing hip hop. He was the first DJ to play rap on the radio and he was at a little station called WHBI. And um, Jalo was working at the station and I know they had a big concert coming up with the Sugar Hill, all the groups on that label. And I gave them a call at the station and Mr. Magic asked me would I come help and promote it. And, and I said, sure. So I went there, picked up some posters and flyers and I wound up running into Jalil 
and we connect and exchange phone numbers. And at that time, they were looking for a DJ. And um, I gave him my number. We kept in touch. And after that, he stopped by. Him and Ecstasy came by my, my crib and um, watched me do some some tricks on the turntables and, and just watching my style. And they, they said, let's make it happen. Wow, that's dope. So at what point did it really kind of hit you guys that like Houdini was like big? You guys were charting, you guys were dropping albums. I mean, when did when did you discover how big you really were? Um, when we first toured Europe. When we first toured Europe in 83, 84. Um we did England, Germany, Belgium, Paris, France, Switzerland, Munich, Frankfurt, Amsterdam, Holland, and Berlin. And um, that's when we knew we was about we was on to something. But you know, we was out of the country performing, but we couldn't wait to get back to the States. Right. You know, but our records were breaking big in Europe because we were recording in London and the record company was from London. Hmm. So we got the buzz there first, and right after Europe, we came back to the States. The records was playing on the radio, and that's when we knew we ready now, you know? Yeah. So who are some of the, like, acts that were out that you guys opened for, toured with? I remember the first show we did was in Akron, Ohio, with GQ and... um. Uh, I think the GQ Africa Bambada. And I think the Four Tops. Was it the Four Tops or one of those groups? That was our first big show. And we had Magic Swan out, but the place was sold out. But um, that, that was incredible. You know, first show. So now, did you guys ever have any, like, any bloopers while you were on stage or anything? Yeah, it was the time we were on stage and, um, doing the show and uh you know at that time we wasn't using dats or cds we had to use records we were using vinyls instrumentals and close to being a blooper is when a record scratched on me one time and i picked the record up and broke it broke it on stage and put a new one on oh yeah but good thing for us we had instrumentals a lot of groups didn't have instrumentals you know they rap over their vocals Ah. So can you imagine the record scratching and your vocals are going back and forth? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, that that's, that happens to artists now, too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of artists still, you know, lip sync like, what was that girl's name? Uh, Taylor Swift. Didn't that happen to her? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. One of these girls it happened to when she was on uh, Good Day America and her track skipped and, wow. she, and she started crying. She was looking crazy. Mm. That's bad. I would have just started skipping with it. <laughs> stop. I would have said, stop it very quick. Let's go acapella. Right. Right. But you oh, know, it's, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Um, artists are, are very, <laughs> artists are very different now than they were, you know, coming up in, you know, other eras like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, that era is, um, those eras were one of the best eras for music. Oh, um, nice. Everything was kind of just like real and raw and authentic and artists really could sing and you did your thing. I mean, now it's different. People are, 
not that you know there's anything wrong with people you know at home in their bathroom making music but mm. you know everybody jumps on something and throws auto-tune on it and it's like oh it's a hit yeah you know the, the difference and today a lot of people sound the same that's and, true and to me the best music that ever came out was in in the 70s 60s and 70s because they were really talking about something right and that's that's what made me happy and learn about music you know every household you went in you always seen a um a james brown or you saw al green or you saw uh, isa hayes or, or right. you saw everyone in fire sitting in somebody's living room and joe tex but those are the groups that helped raise me to love music because what they right. were talking about right mm-hmm I mean, those days, I mean, I wish if I had like a little knob to turn time back, I would kind of go back, you know, when that when that real good music was like a thing, because it really said something to you, made you feel something. And when you can play like a song that came out years ago, and it still means something like that's music right there. That's, that's right. Music that was out way before I was born. Mm. <laughs> I don't listen to this music that's out now because I don't understand it, and it's da- it's like very down degrading and yes. disrespectful. And I'm and, and and you know what? Um, I look at it and I say this to everybody. I said anybody who's entering the music industry today, you can't learn from music that came out in the '90s. You have to learn your history. You have to go to right. the beginning. You know, a lot of people sampled a lot of songs along the way, but you got to find out where that music came from. But, you know, and like you're saying, it's, it's just the truth, you know, because it's music that created by us. But you know what? It's supposed to be each one teach one, and we're trying to reach one, not run people away from it. This music was all about fun. It started in the parks. And nobody knew it was going to turn into money. Like it's turning, it's a billion dollar game now. But I remember when they were scared of us. They were scared of Bruce Lee, and we wasn't cussing. Right. It was just making great music. So today, the songs I hear on commercials and what I hear on the radio today, I can't believe it. But yeah. I, I say they do what they do, and we do what we do. But if you can last 40 years and still work, you've done something right. Right. So what was life like for you after uh, Houdini when you guys kind of decided, okay, we're not going to, you know, record anymore? Um, everybody got older. Everybody was raising children. The game changed. It, it, it went to a format where it was more updated. Like, you, you know, you had the Big Daddy Canes out. You had the um, Nelly coming. You had, uh, it was so many different groups coming. Styles kept on changing. Then the West Coast got a, a big jump. So the game was just going every which way. But, um, you know, we was on certain record companies, you know, and we thought we would find a home with this one. It didn't work. We thought we'd find a home with this one. It didn't work. And we were growing apart. Right. We were growing apart. But, um, and, and, and getting into that, it was like things just showed, slowed down. But then it started coming back around again because we made songs that were less to the test of time because, you know, it was great songs. And I take my hat off to a great writer like Jalil. He, he wrote those great songs. And, and when he puts his pen on the pad, he goes. 
And um, Larry Smith, I want to give him the credit that nobody gives. Nobody don't give him the credit for producing those great songs. He produced us, he produced Run DMC, and he made us both sound different. We didn't sound the same. And I also got to take my hat off to Ecstasy, maybe rest in peace. He had the voice of life. Right. You know, when you heard his voice, you knew it was Houdini. Like when you heard Jalo's voice. And then when you heard the music, our music was different from a lot of the rappers that was out there. Right. The time we were out, when you heard their music, a lot of them sound like they would make any music, maybe an eight track. But who didn't sound like we was uh, uh, like Devo or Kraftwerk because we had strings, we had everything in, it, you know. We had right. and the song "One Love," you know. Yeah, that was a good song, classic, mm-hmm. classic. So, take us to the moment when you found out that uh, ecstasy had passed away. Oh, man. Shocking moment. Um, I was with my good friend from Washington D.C. He was getting ready to go into a restaurant here in Atlanta called Papa Dose, and I get a phone call from my, my buddy Hassan, and he's and I'm hearing hysterical, and he's crying on the phone, and he says, yo, um, ecstasy passed. And I'm like, I'm just getting ready to walk in the restaurant. I said, huh? He said, ecstasy passed. He, I said, you get out of here. Stop playing. And next thing you know, I see a text message coming in, and it was ecstasy's uh, daughter's mother, and she texted me and was saying, call me now. And, I, and, I, and that's when I knew, once I spoke to her, I called her right away, and she was going into the hospital, and she said, X passed. And I just bust out crying. And yeah. I was walking in the restaurant, everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong? And they didn't know, I just went straight to the bathroom. Right. And it was just hurting, because you don't, we here today, we go on tomorrow, but who would think that? Never in a million years, I would think it happened to one of us, like, you know, that sudden. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, rest in peace to ecstasy. Yes. Um, yes. Great person. He's going to be truly missed. You don't Definitely. have another voice like that. You never get another voice like that. You know, he, when you kind of like, when you go back and you look at like your album covers and videos and stuff you guys do together, he stayed dressed to the nines like all the time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he loved them hats. Like, that was his thing. And, and he created that. And, and, you know, me, I was like kind of a B-boy, hip-hop, or dressed this way or dressed that way. But I was wanted to be cool. So X was the one that wanted to be like like a Fifth Avenue or something. Uh, it could be on the borderline, European. But he wanted his own style. But when I looked at him with that hat, and, and I just, yo, it, it, it took off. It took off. I knew it That's took when we, got to, when we got to the shows and I started seeing the people in the crowd with the hats, I said, oh, it's out of here. It's on. <laughs> yes. Set a trend. Yes, trendsetter. You definitely set a and, trend. And, and, and look at Houdini. We were the first with dancers. We were mm-hmm. the fir- first dressing. We were the first um, putting uh, choruses and songs, you know, R&B feel. You know, right. and that's that's what I looked at, you know, and that was like Jalo's creation. You know, we always used to be fly, especially coming from Brooklyn. We always wanted to be fly. So, 
So, you know, we just brought it to life. Right. So now, were you guys, um, were you guys making money as a group like touring and, and sales? Yeah. Or were you guys kind of in a situation where the label was kind of taking all the money? No, we were getting good money. We were getting good money. But you got to look at it. We weren't getting what they're getting today. It was right. the beginning. You know, it's got to start somewhere. Just like uh, people in Motown and all the groups back in those days, you would make a certain amount. But just say we were getting more than what the groups were getting before us. Mm. The ones like yeah. the Grandmaster Flash and all of them that came right before us. That's why I always say in every interview, we can't forget those. You know, a lot of times people don't care about who was before them. They don't look back. But in order to get to the future, you got to know what happened in the past. So I'd like to give the credit to Grand Wizard Theodore, Fantastic Romantic Five, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, Spoony G, Curtis Blow, and, and you know, those the ones, and Cool Hurt, and, and, and uh, no, Funky Four Plus One, you know, DJ Breakout and the Baron, Africa Bambada, those people that opened the doors for us. You got to give them the credit. I take my hat off to them. Definitely. Who was the first artist that um, you guys ever opened up for? Um, like I said, it was Af Africa Bambada and GQ. That was the first show we did. And we was in uh, Akron, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So when you guys did that show, right, and you hit the stage and you looked out there, about how many people would you say was was there? About, about 4,000 people. And it, it was sold out. Wow. So, uh, it was like a, a, like a venue, like a, a, like a theater. It was 4,000 people sold out. Wow. I mean, it sounds like that's like a, a, a small number. But when you're on a stage and there's 4,000 people in front of you, that's, that's a lot. And we had the single out. We had the magic, magic swan out. I peeked out the curtain and said, wow, look at all those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So were you guys um, like nervous or scared the first time like you, you really hit a big stage? I was a little nervous because, you know, at that time, like I said, we were using records. And I was just praying that the records wouldn't jump. You know, everything would be all right. Especially if you get one of those weak stage and it shake us, uh, you know. But we were good. We were good. Cool. So what are you doing now? Like, what are you doing these days? Are you still well, DJing? I, yes, I'm doing shows here and there. I just did Tampa not that long ago. And um, it was an outside venue. It was a, a rooftop venue, which was real good. It was real nice, beautiful. And um, everybody wore their mask. It was spread out. You know, but it, it was it was a brush of fresh air to get back out there and feel it. And once in a while, I do my little set on Instagram or Facebook. So, what is your set? What does your typical set look like? Like, what? Who are you playing in your set? I like I like true school. I call it true school, not old school. I right. Like R and B, and I like this. I love, but I love true school music. You know, I can go deep. You know, but um, cause I I, I don't want to really offend nobody, and you know a lot of the new youth today loves that certain music, and I I try to stay away from that because I try to do the grown and and, and classy, you know. But if you got if I get booked for shows like that, I just have to do it. But I rather stay, you know, where people are happy and smiling and dancing and having a good time. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Ain't nobody so, thinking about hurting nobody. 
Yeah, that listen, that's true because people mm-hmm. are out of their minds these days with that nonsense. Mm-hmm. You can't even party without somebody fighting or something. Mm-hmm. So if there if there were any artists that are out now that you could kind of collab with or work with, who would it be? Mm. Mm. Um, I like that Kendrick Lamar. I like I like mm. J, I like J Cole. Yeah. You know, I don't hear enough. I, I love Common. Mm, yeah. You know, those, those are the ones I look up. Um, I respect a lot. You know, I respect all music that no matter what it is, but it's it's got to touch me. You know, it's got to touch me. But but it's just that I, I it's so much negative air in the world. You just want to get away from that, and you just want to hear some of them have great music, but the lyrics are just different. You know. Right. I'm not knocking them for what they do. That's their hustle. But you see, later on down the line, them songs might not play. So, is there any artist from way back from when you started out that you wish you would have had work with? When we started, like mm-hmm. what R and B or hip hop? Hip hop. Hip hop. Um, I wish Houdini would have did a song with Curtis Blow. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Houdini would have did a song with Run DMC, um, Big Daddy Kane Houdini, or Dougie Fresh Houdini. You know, it's, it's a lot. Um, I used to love, uh, uh, maybe rest in peace, uh, Gangstar Guru. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just so so many, uh, like Stetsasonic. I can imagine Stetsasonic and Houdini. Yeah, that would have been something great. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's a few. Or Houdini and the Lauren Hill. Oh yeah, that would have been that would have been dope. Yes, yes. And Nas, Houdini and Nas, right? <laughs> yep. That would have been dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lauren Hill just um that miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, what did she get? She just got an award for that. Um, she went it went like triple diamond or something like that. Mm. Yeah. This morning. yeah, I heard they're still counting now. Yeah. Because if they're screening records now, you still sell them. Right. Yeah. So we got to look into it because I know ours is still selling a lot. Well, you got to think too. You're probably, um, you guys are probably streaming a lot too. And so in yeah. streams, I mean, it obviously takes more streams to make a dollar than it does an album sale. But yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're, if you're doing a billion streams on like, well, let, let's just say you can come down to a smaller number. If you're doing like a million streams on title, that's mm-hmm. like a $12,000 check right there. Mm-hmm. And we still receiving royalties, which is a blessing. Right. But you know, so many companies are moving around and they're switching the catalog over here. They're switching it over here, you know? Yeah. So who actually owns the Houdini catalog? Well, it's Sony. Sony mm-hmm. got that. I think Sony's in charge of that. So they own like the masters and everything? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So being that you've been in the game for like decades, is there anything that you know now that you learned that you it could go back and change and say, hey, I would have did this differently? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have wasted a lot of money. You know, wiser. You know, when you're young, you get a lot of money like that. You just show out and act out, but yeah. not to hurt nobody or offend nobody. Just for spending unnecessary money. Right. 
And so wasn't what, thinking about investing. What would you What would you say is like the most unnecessary thing that you bought when you got money? Mm-hmm. Oh, cars and going in the club buying champagne and you know I should be walking around back in the days with like five thousand every other day in my pocket and you know treating everybody. And yeah, I wouldn't do that now because you're thinking it's not going to stop. Right. And nobody didn't show you about investments or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You kind of scared to take a chance, right? Because you know, when you got money, everybody comes around. You got friends you ain't even ever know about. I like to call that the MC Hammer syndrome. I was going to say that's the MC Hammer. <laughs> that was one thing I said about when I found out what he did when he bought that big house with, with the waterfall and all that, mm-hmm. and I was like. You can imagine how much it costs to heat that house up every night. I mean, it was just some unnecessary stuff. Like when they took the house and they kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, but even if I had like a billion dollars, I am not paying $10 million for no 24 karat gold toilet for somebody to sit there behind on. Like, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But he was helping a lot of people as well. And it's like, when you help so many people and then when you are in a jam, who's there to help you? It makes you open your eyes. Like I showed you this love and I was very genuine to you. Now you turning your back on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so so true. And and you watch a lot of things that happens, but you live and you learn. He he took care of a lot of people. He took them on the road with him. He invested in horses and it was just so much. And you know, these days, you, you know, you can have one lawyer, but you just about need two or three lawyers, one watching each one of them. And like, like Oprah and them, like and Bill Cosby, I think Oprah said it, you need to sign your own checks. Yeah. You know, because when you got everybody in your pocket, you don't know so much. If you got endorsements coming in and that's going here and that's going there, you don't know what they snatching off the bottom or the top of that money. Right. You're looking and you next thing you know, you hear, you say, I thought I had this much in there. What happened this? Oh, you remember you, you had to pay this out for the hotels and this for the travel? Oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice would you give to artists that are trying to break into the game now? Um, study the history and, and be business mind um, if you're trying to get in the game and, and be, be different. Don't follow if you follow, you can't leave. So just be different. See what they're doing now, but you don't have to do the same thing they're doing. You should come different when you start your own lane. People will respect you more than just sounding like the next guy. Right. This is true. So can we expect like a Houdini reunion or any new music? Anything? Um, I see you smiling like that. <laughs> you know what, man? I tell everybody to ask me that question, man. Um, I'm ready. My thing is, uh, when we do it, we have to be on the same page. Right. We, we're going to do it. We're going to do it together. Whatever happened in the past or whatever, let that stay back that way and let's move forward. You know? I wish I can turn back the hands of time. Not even. I just wish I can just go back and grab all the old artists that were out way back then and just bring them out to make music now because you know, I'm how, you know how right you are 
I, I've been on um, certain meetings over the phone and, you know, I watched all these groups and I got a chance to be backstage with Stylistics. Mm. And the manager, the promoter was with them and he manages Tavares and he manages um, the Huge Corporation. And I told the Stylistics, we need to do a song together. And they was like, man, we know exactly who you is. I said, y'all help raise me. I said, you know, can you imagine Houdini and the Stylistics? So that's when I put a bug in the ear for groups like that to bring them back. And we can you imagine? We'll fit right on tour with them. Yeah. You know, because they made so many great hits. There's so many great hits. As long as you can sing and that and or whatever, let's do it. You're definitely right about bring the groups back. Who's who to say that you're not going to sound good on the record? Right. You know they acting like now if you if you put out a new record and it's good, why you won't play it? Exactly. You ain't supposed to disrespect us when we open the doors before anybody do open the door. These new groups didn't open the door. We fought the war that they didn't have to fight. That's true. Like before the pandemic started, I was able to see the OJ's perform. Oh my God! And mm. when I thought, when I say I was like so so close, when I say they were moving, they made me look bad. I was like, "What? Get to the gym and exercise." Wait, wait, wait! I've been to several shows with them, and I'm like, "How could y'all remember the steps?" You know who else does that good too? The whispers. The yeah. whispers. The whispers is like that too. Yes, and, and they sound just like the record. Absolutely. Wow. Yes. They were on that stage, and I'm like, okay, yeah. what they say to the gym tomorrow? I need to work these yeah. legs up. <laughs> and the whole show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What they um, what they sing? You got a huh? message in the music? <laughs> money, yeah, money, like, money. Let me live vicariously through you. That's yeah, we got doing. we got a message in the music. Money, money, money. And, mm. and uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, my darling, darling, baby. Yeah. I know, I know what songs they sing. I was asking, what songs do they sing at the concert? Yeah, all of that. They sing That's all the of song. That. Every song. Yeah. Every song. Yeah. A family reunion. They were the whole yeah. album. They were up there for a quite mm-hmm. like over an hour, and they were just like, and "Wow." Then, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, "Hold on, wait." You're making me mm-hmm. tough. And then I love music. They, they got some hits. They got some hits, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reminiscing. Mm. So what is next for you? I mean... Next, um, I've been reaching out to... Uh, I got a single out right now. Uh, and he's with a, a childhood friend who grew up since kindergarten. His name is Albu Valor. And um, he used to be in a group with my brother. They co- their name was Valor and Double O. And um, the name of our single is called Time for a New Rap Style. So it's out right now. And uh, Ralph McDaniels pieced the, piece, piece the video together. He did a great job. I'll take my hat off to him. And there's a video out. And y'all probably be able to see it on YouTube TV. And um, it's going to spread out. He's going to debut it real soon on Video Music Box. And um, I just want to keep making music. And as long as I'm breathing and living, I don't want to stop. I'm gonna, I want to have that reunion with Jalo. I've been reaching out to him and going to try to put this together. And um, 
And I just want to work with different groups too, you know. I yeah. just don't stop because I love being an entertainer and I love doing the show. Yeah. So now do you produce as well? Yes, I'm getting ready to start in that the stuff that I haven't done that I always held back. I'm I'm working on that stuff now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So now if somebody wanted to reach out to like book you for a show, book you to like come DJ for them, like where would mm-hmm. how would they reach you? They could reach me on um, you know, social media, Drew GMD Carter on Facebook or Grandmaster D on Instagram, or they can go to uh, gmdhoudini at yahoo.com and hit me on email. Cool. So you guys heard it first here on Letters from the Pen. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and sharing some of your amazing moments. And thank you for everything that you contributed to history. It just made music so much better. And the world's a better place with Houdini in it. So you guys need to come on, get this yeah. together. Let's and give go. It, give a big shout. Because I need to hear the freaks come out at night. <laughs> the freaks come out at night. <laughs> I'm gonna give a big shout out to Rob Swartz. Yeah, Rob Swartz, Umag TV. You know, and our, our music's on the um, Sony Orchard. So, and it's on all platforms. It's a song. Time for a new rap style. Grandmaster D and Abu Valor. But I want to thank y'all for taking the time and doing this with me. And it's, y'all don't stop. Y'all good at it. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, mm-hmm. We will be seeing each other again. So. Yes. And we would, of course, want to have you back. You can come back anytime you want. Thank you. It's a blessing. I love you. And if you need us to call Jalil or go knock on his door and be like, come on, what's up? <laughs> Camp outside mm-hmm. his house. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get him ready. Yeah. He might call 911 and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll come back after I get out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all good. So, thank you so much um, for joining us. Um, you guys can tune in every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every other Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.lettersonthepins.com. Make sure you catch us back here next Friday. We will be interviewing Brian Anthony Wilson from The Wire. Thank you very so, much. You're welcome. And um, yeah, so we're going to take it out with The Freaks Come Out at Night. So she can stop trying to sing it. We're going to let Houdini sing it. Okay. God, God bless y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thank right. you. Now we're free.
get drunk to go out at night. They like to wear leather jackets, chains and spikes. They wear rips and zippers all in their shirts. Real tight pants and fresh mini skirts. All kind of colors running through their hair. And you can just about spot a freak anywhere. But then again, you can know someone all their life. And might not know their freak until you see them at night. Cause the freaks come out at night. The freaks come out at When the crowd's like this, I'm ready to rap But before I can bust a rhyme on the mic Freaks is all over me like white on rice Freaks come in all shapes, sizes, and colors But what I like about them most is that they're real good lovers They do it in the park, they do it in the dark But most freaks are known for breaking hearts You can never tell what a freak is thinking of And you can never catch a freak without at least one glove They don't walk, when they step, they strut Nine times out of ten, they drive you nuts But take my advice, you don't stand a chance Freaks are so bad, they got their own dance But if you want to live a nice, quiet life Do yourself a favor, don't come out at night Cause the freaks come out at night The freaks come out at night The freaks come out at night Come out at night